Uno, uno, dos. Two for the Road, Movies with Matt and Adam. I'm Matt. And I'm Adam. We're a weekly movie pairing podcast. Every week we'll pick a theme, recommend a movie to the other guy based on the theme that he has not seen, watch, and discuss. Got, yep. <laughs> got a 25-year age gap between us. Uh, this week, this month, we're doing November, so we are not changing the theme every week. But isn't it November every month, Matt? Isn't it? For me, it is. <laughs> yeah, right. It's my favorite kind of movie. And I'm, I'm, you know, I just, I just enjoy them so much. It pretty much covers everything. It it's, does. It's like, just, it's just, what is it? Just dark, right? It's just <laughs> right. a dark movie. Dark. Yeah, the originals were all in black and white. They were dark. You know, I think it was the first time that even the good guys were sometimes bad guys. Those kind of movies, you know. So it's my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like, when I watch a feel good movie, I'm always like, this is dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to feel good. Exactly. Which makes no sense, right? Like, (laughs) I'll watch a movie, I'm like, God, that was awful. Like, like, it was great, you know? Like, really, like, really impressive how that was done. I feel terrible having watched it. Like, my brain is probably deteriorating in an unhealthy way, but... Yeah, like, we're we're giving each other, for the whole month of November, I think we have, like, maybe five noir movies. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a, such a hard time deciding which ones I want to give you to watch because mm-hmm. there's so many great ones, mm-hmm. you know. And there's people out there like Sam Fuller that we, you know, that just, just that I like, that I think you would like. So, hey man, you gotta school me on everything. Anything yeah. before like 1985, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I haven't seen it. Is Ralph Macchio in it? Uh, so this week we have what I, I mean. <clears throat> You also, have to, you also have to school me on Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. Like I, under, I understand that he made what is considered the greatest movie of all time, beside behind Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. but I don't really know much about him. Right. He, I mean, I know War of the War of the Worlds. Uh, he's he was. I mean, he did War of the Worlds when he was like twenty years old or something. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a genius, is what he is. His problem is, is he. Um, he, he kind of rubs people the wrong way sometimes, especially studios and stuff, you know, because all his films have been butchered by the studios. Well, I read something doing, like, my my light Googling. I don't think he ever made a movie that made a profit. Of course not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How many movies did he make? Like, what? Like, so back in the day, was there just like, like okay, we got six dudes to make movies. Like, and they're just like picking, like, uh, oh, I'll take Wells. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, pick someone else. Yeah, he's got, uh, let me see, how many director credits does he have? 62. God but damn. But a lot of them are documentaries and stuff like that. Um, but his movies, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't know if they ever made a movie. I mean, a profit. Do, does he always put himself in the movies? Um... No, I don't think so. No, he wasn't in the Magnificent Ambersons, which was the second movie, right after Citizen Kane, which is also a great movie, which is also butchered by the um, by the uh, the people who paid for it. <laughs> so they, they just don't get his vision. No. the whole thing. 
No, it's too strange for them. I mean, I mean, I mean, they see his camera work and all that stuff. You know, they don't, they don't get it. You know. Um, what do they want? They want like a tripod, tripod just fixed <laughs> in a room, and right. two people are talking like, "Hey, this whole movie thing—it's just—it's just we're just bringing the stage to people." Is that what they want? Like, just it should look like a play. Is right. that what, right. what we're dealing with? Yeah, I mean, it's they just. Um, well, I think part of the problem was him. He had so many interests. He was a world class magician. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, he wasn't. Like, yes, he was. Okay, maybe, he could have been on stage as a magician. All right, maybe this is me being biased against heavier people, right. but I don't think you can be as fat as he is and be a magician. I don't think you can be like deft of hand and be like that because he's a, he was a pretty big dude, right? He at least in this movie. Bigger. Yeah, I understand that. Like he he kind of brandoed out right. over his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got really. I mean, you see him in Catch Twenty Two. He's huge. Who was he in Catch Twenty Two? Um, General, um, oh, he's the like the big general. Yeah. Wow. Mind blown. <laughs> I, I had no idea. <laughs> had the young woman, the uh-huh, yeah, you uh-huh. with him. That's oh wow. That's Orson Welles. Okay. He was a great actor. He really was. I mean, see it in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's <laughs> he's just a he's just he, I think I don't think he could keep his mind on one thing long enough to really finish it because mm-hmm. a lot of his movies he just walked away from. You know, he just—I don't know. I just think he was such a smart guy that um, he uh, was just onto something else. You know, he's a torture genius. He's a I great guess. storyteller too. Have you ever saw him on Johnny Carson? I don't know. He was, I, he was on Johnny Carson all the time. Wow! I never. I see. I never even thought that he would be because. I, look, I've only seen Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. I saw it in an intro to film class, mm-hmm. like, early in my career at University of Florida. I needed a credit. It was at night. It fit the schedule. And it was fine. Yeah. The teacher was hungover at 7 o'clock at night. Whoa. <laughs> which is like a, special, it's like a special kind of hungover. Yeah. Um, he was a nice guy. But, uh, yeah, we so we, you know, mm-hmm. we had to watch Citizen Kane, of course. And that's all I really know mm. about Orson Welles. So, I... It, it's, I'm kind of like, like, oh yeah, I guess it does make sense that he was, po- he was a well-known celebrity at the time of Johnny Carson, but I would have never put those two in the same room. Oh yeah, and he was huge too, and he, he pretty much had to give him the whole couch. He uh-huh. was so big, you know. But he was such a wonderful storyteller. Hmm. You know, well, he made a living out of doing voiceovers too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, his wine thing, the jewelry. The, the Gallo wine thing that he did, you know, back in the 60s. We will serve no wine before it's time. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't like, okay, so let, let's introduce our movie. We haven't done that yet. Okay. Touch of Evil, uh, We always need to introduce it because I know you don't listen to the show, but then I'll drop like some music after it and then it'll kind of segue. So we gotta always do that thing. Oh, we uh, do listen to the show once in a while. Do you? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't yeah. know that. Um, so, do you ever watch the TV show The Critic? 
I loved it. Yeah, I, I knew that. I knew one of the writers for that show. Okay. Yeah, Stephen Tompkins. So there was an or- Orson Welles was a big part of that show, right? Right. So that that's also kind of like how I how I drew from Orson Welles, like something about like peas or something. Anyway, I can't remember. Anyway, it's I'm yeah, about, it was... we're scattered here. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, he's just he's just an interesting guy. He's you know he did so much. And then screwed so much up at the same time. I mean, Othello. I heard he did a movie, The Othello, uh-huh. where I heard it. It took him years to film it because he didn't have enough money. He he's one of these guys who would do an acting job like Cassavetes. Okay, you know they're always because they never made any money. I mean, Cassavetes didn't make any money till Gloria, the movie Gloria, came out in the early seventies, mid seventies. I mean, he made all these movies and or, you know. It, Wells was the same way. He always had to be scrambling for money. Okay, but Wells was, I, you know, I don't know about Cassavetes. Maybe he was also critically acclaimed or beloved, but Wells was, like, he was a, people like, there. he was considered a genius at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like until he died, people looked back. Like, no. in the moment, people were like, oh, he's the man. He's just not, he's, just, he's too ahead of the masses or something? His first movie was Citizen Kane when he was 26 years old. You just... Don't see that, mm-hmm. you know. Even though, like you say, a lot of people didn't like it. Uh, uh, William Randolph Hearst, well, of course, re- you know, really let him have it. But, but you know, but people who look at movies, they 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 consider a lot of people do consider the best movie because it's so far ahead of mm-hmm. its time with the camera angles right. and positions and stuff like that. Right. He invented a new way to think about how people mm-hmm. could look on film. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Or like what the camera would do, and like you said, like how like how the audience would interact with what they're seeing, mm-hmm. and like so like Janet Lee, who was in this movie. Yep. So again, my light googling, like very light googling. Uh, <laughs> so she was her agent turned down the role, and then she found out, and she's like, "What? It's an honor to be filmed." <laughs> you know, you, you know, she's like, yeah. it's, "It's the paycheck doesn't matter. Yeah. I just want to be filmed by Orson Welles." Of course. And, I don't. It was a great part. What's for it? the for fifty eight? She you, was. I mean, I mean, not fifty, not but nineteen fifty eight. Yeah, you know, a lot of what was going on in this movie wasn't shown in movies very much. Okay, good point. When I see that part, yeah. I'm like, you're just some broad who gets really sleepy. <laughs> like you just, you're just some sleepy, you're cranky, sleeping. right? You're like, oh, I wish I could get some sleep. <laughs> I think that's all I got from her. Yeah, and she and like. A year or two later, she does Psycho. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right, so I guess we'll get into the movie. Yeah. We've talked enough about Orson Welles. I have, I have more to ask about him later, okay. but okay. we'll get to that later. Um, all right, Matt, I guess when were you in? Well, I love it when it's, it's, it's the first frame you see is a uh, a big, long trailer. And it starts out in 1957. Orson Welles completed principal photography, touch of evil, and edited the first cut. Upon screening the film, the studio felt it was could be improved and shot additional scenes and re-edited it. So it goes on to say he wrote a 58-page memo. Like one night, <laughs> right? So is he on the cocaine? <laughs> I don't know what he was on. I don't know. But 58. I thought a 58-page memo sounded kind of funny too. Yeah, I mean, because like back in the day, it's not even double spaced, right? He's just like straight up, just like tick, 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 tick. Right, like right, he's, right. Just, he's just typing, and he's just an insane person. Mm-hmm. And so the version we watched, 
was the, the, his version. Right. We watched the original mm-hmm. version, but because like if you look at IMDb, it says the movie's like an hour and a half long. Right. The one we watched was like two hours. Yes. Yeah. Let's see the the studio cut it. I wonder if it was better. You don't, don't think so? I don't know. Yeah. I doubt it. This movie had some stuff where you're like, hey. yeah, yeah, it got a little long. Not yeah. as long as the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> don't even get to that yet. The next movie's fantastic. I will, I will argue about. I'll defend okay, that we'll next movie. We'll argue about that. Time. I will, def- I will die on that hill. Uh, all right, so I, so you were in by the, the, the opening card. <laughs> I thought it was just interesting. You know, yeah. it made me want to watch it. That's true. You know that he did that fifty-eight pages in one night, and you know I want, I want. This is what I want to do, you know. So I thought it was pretty cool. Fifty-eight pages. Oh, sounds like just yeah. It's a long night. Uh, yeah, I was in because you never asked me, but I was in uh, probably like I mean that first shot where like it's it you see this guy he kind of sneaks up and he's watching this couple and so <laughs> a little side note. Everyone in this movie is really bad at hiding, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. or, or, or I guess really good at hiding, and everyone else in the movie is real bad at recognizing someone hiding, because they're like hiding behind like this little pillar. It's like, there's clearly a pillar. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so he runs up, and he puts a bomb in a car, mm-hmm. and then the car you know, takes off, and it's going really slow, because going towards the border, and then we see this couple, and they're kind of like, they have to be like kind of walking next to the car, mm-hmm. just because of the way the flow of traffic, and they're going across the border. And there's tension there, you know. You're like, well, what the hell's gonna happen? Is it obviously this bomb is going off? Mm-hmm. But when? Who's gonna be affected? Is someone gonna get out of the car? Like, why do you put it in? There? Like, suddenly it's like it's it's like what a great hook mm-hmm. to like draw you in. And it's over three minutes long without a cut. Right. And, you know, it's it's incredible. That, that's yeah, that is incredible. That's another thing this movie did well is that obviously there were lots of cuts or whatever, but it really felt like there weren't, you know, like right. you don't really notice them unless there's like a hard cut and like, you know, suddenly they're outside or like they're driving or whatever. Yeah. I don't know who edited it, but they did a great job. Yeah. I mean, I assume it was, was it not, it was not Orson Welles. <laughs> <Probably. like it's, laughs> give me the damn thing. But that, that opening um, scene being three minutes mm-hmm. plus long, it's, it's a, I mean, it's the way he did it was incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, very technically hard to do. You know, you don't see that much in, in films that long a, a scene without a cut. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the player had one. Um, the, Robert Altman had one. It was like seven minutes. But, the one that always come to mind for me is there's this scene in True Detective, like episode four. I don't know if you ever watched it, where they go to like this like drug house and they you know the, you know McConaughey walks in and just kind of handles business and it's just this really long cut mm-hmm. or no cut or un- no, whatever you uncut, want to call it. No yeah. Cut, yeah. Uncut no cut, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, that's great. I, I I love that. That was I'd like to watch that first season again. Mm-hmm. All right, so yeah, that's when I was in you were you were in like, even earlier. the first sentence. <laughs> uh, so yeah, plot rundown Help me out here. So this was, so we have a Mexican attorney's general, attorney general. He's a lieutenant. Lieutenant. I think in in the special DEA part of Mexico. Okay. He's played by Charlton Heston. We'll get to that later. Okay. (laughs) Then we have 
so then he's the one on the Mexican. He's got his wife, who's American, American. Janet Lee. Janet yeah. Lee, and they're going for like their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. But that there's this giant explosion, and that was cool. That was neat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the cops roll up, uh, completely inappropriate police work. Yes. <laughs> they're like, well, I guess that used to be him, but now he can fit <laughs> through a soup strainer. Like, what the hell? <laughs> so, the, so one thing I struggled with was like, there's like all these goons, or I mean, the cops are goons, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like just a bunch of them. They're just like always just like hanging around, and like I didn't like. Are you guys important or not important? Like you're just you're all. Yeah, just... I think one of them was the attorney general or something. You know, prosecutor. One of them. You know. Yeah, I don't know who they all were. Right, and they're all in love with this dude Quinlan. Right. Who is Orson Welles? Right. And so he finally shows up, and he's just like this ornery old, limping, heavy set former drunk slash current drunk, <laughs> and just. Just whatever you say, he's going to argue with you because right. he thinks he's right. Yeah, he has these. Uh, uh, he has a leg, a leg that tells him things. <laughs> oh yeah, I got a feeling. What are they called? A game leg. Yeah, a game leg or something. Yeah, it's got a game leg. His, his leg tells him things. So. His intuition. Mm-hmm. I I went to high. This is a real quick aside. I went to high. How much I tell the story? It doesn't make me look good. Anyway, I'll say. So I went to high school with this kid who had a club foot, like or whatever. Like his toes were not mm-hmm. proper, and he was had a pretty. He was, he was a you know, charismatic kid. He he would make jokes about it. We'd make jokes about it, and so we were in class, and like teacher would ask a question, he'd get it wrong. We'd be like, teacher, that's just because of his foot. You got you got you got to forgive him. He got that wrong because of the foot. And yeah, anyway. Inappropriate, I guess. Oh my god! <laughs> so, uh, moving on. Yeah. So yeah. So there's this. There's this, there's an explosion. They're trying to figure out who did it. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's both sides of the border are kind of working in their own ways, right? Mm-hmm. We got. And, and the guy in the car that blew up was a rich developer or construction owner with a stripper. Mm-hmm. In the car. Yeah, really under underused the stripper part of this movie, I thought. Should have had more of the strip. I mean, yeah. I don't know. One more scene would have been nice. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe maybe three less minutes of Mexican gangsters in leather coats like <laughs> dancing to <laughs> rockabilly. I don't know. Maybe yeah, that was something I would have cut out. <laughs> so they're there competing. Miguel Vargas, a.k.a. Charleston Houston, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got his own idea about what's going on. Um, I'm jumping forward a little bit. He suspects that Quinlan planted evidence on the construction guy's daughter's boyfriend. Right. Because, you know, they think that, oh, this construction guy, the dead guy's daughter's boyfriend wanted to blow up the father. Right. But Quinlan says, no, I think you planted that evidence. No, I'm sorry. Vargas says, I think you planted that evidence. They go back and forth. Yeah, they're at at the... uh the guy's house, the guy who they think planted, or something. they're at his place, and there's an empty shoebox in the bathroom that, that Vargas sees, and later on there's two sticks of dynamite in it, so Vargas, that's how he suspects mm-hmm. that something's on the up and up. And so they're trying to get to Vargas, so they get his wife, and they like bring her out to this like, <laughs> like shady <cabins>. hotel. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the El Royale of, that, of this, this area. Yeah. And they have this. Their plan is to. What's their plan? They were gonna make it. Um, 
they were going to look like she was making it look like she'd been partying, you know, and have some, you know, the people find her or something. But then Orson Welles, who was in on the, the, the guy that owned it was the brother of the guy Vargas was throwing in prison in Mexico City. Right, we got, right, right, we got the whole Grandi family. Yeah, the Grandi family. <laughs> Seems to get a little convoluted now, right? I, but, I mean, it made sense watching it. But trying to explain it, you're like, oh, yeah, there's another thing going on. And, and the guy that played Grandi might have been John Polito's father. Remember the guy from, um, oh, you probably don't know. <laughs> he was from Miller's Crossing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very, very round. Yeah, yes. But he's so, so you know, he's really all wound up. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Round and twitchy. Yep, twitchy. Yeah, so they, they're, so, and they, they, they get like marijuana, but then also heroin. Right. Right? So they, they're just pretty hardcore partying. Yeah. And But they're not going to like actually drug her up. There's like blue smoke on her clothes. They gave her some uh, sodium, sodium pen, pentothal, pentothal, whatever it is, pentothal or <laughs> true serum. Yeah, right, right. We're not chemists, man. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to know that. They gave her some of that, knocked her out. Then they blew a bunch of weed smoke on her. They planted, a, you know, a uh, syringe and all this stuff. But then um, Charlton Heston uh, changed the what he needed her someplace where nobody could see him because mm-hmm. he he had some uh, he had another idea. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what he told him. He was going to kill Vargas mm-hmm. and blame it on. Mrs. No, he wasn't gonna kill Vargas. He was gonna kill Grande, mm-hmm. and blame it on have Mrs. Vargas be blamed on her. Right. Orson Welles did that, not Charles right. and yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. So you know, he ends up killing Grande, uh, strangles them. We're like, oh, maybe he also strangled his wife, who we casually mentioned sometime in the movie. Like, uh, so we we get this idea that Quinlan is just a serial planter of evidence. Yes, that's that, that's, that's a big why, theme in the right. last third part of the movie. <laughs> So, so now audience, as audience realize what's going on, uh, Heston is trying to figure it out. He's in the evidence room, and then th- this is what I didn't get. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is actually more true than what I, what I would think. But this other cop is in the evidence room, and he's saying like, "Yeah, but you're gonna ruin his life. Yeah, all yeah, all this stuff he planted, but you're gonna ruin his life. Like, think about his legacy. You right. know? It hasn't like, but it's not real." Like, yeah, but still, you know, you're come on, like, just you know, it's almost like cut him some slack because I, I honestly don't think he knew that he really planted evidence. No, I got the feeling he did. Yeah, I, I got the feeling that he was like, yeah, but mm. that's true, but but like, well, like what Orson Welles says later, they're all guilty, I just helped them. You know, the courts. Well, I mean, another big theme of this movie is like xenophobia right. or just straight up racism. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, they're all guilty because, well, I assume they're guilty. Because they're Mexican. Right, exactly. <laughs> they're, 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 right. they're brown and black people. So, yeah, they're guilty. We just haven't figured out what they're guilty of yet. Right. You know? They're guilty of something. Right. They're guilty of something. We just well, got to like expedite Trump it. Trump said they're all rapists. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So that that's kind of like uh, this, this theme here of like where... All the cops are like, yeah, we know this guy's bad, but we're going to look the other way because we also think he's kind of good. That's real life. That's what I'm thinking. It's That's sort of, real life. There's some parallels here. I mean, be people, you know, my problem with cops, and I've always gotten along with cops, I've always given them respect, but there's bad ones and there's good ones. And the problem is the good ones don't say anything about the bad ones. 
And that's what the same thing here. Mm -hmm. You know, they all they couldn't praise him enough. Right. So then um, I'm skipping ahead. Let me know if I come back. Okay. (laughs) We we culminate in this final scene where one of the cops does finally say, "Okay, this is too far." His partner is Orson Welles's partner. Menzies. Menzies. (laughs) Menzies. Because he finds he finds Orson Welles Kane at that scene of the crime, so he knows he was there. Mm-hmm. So he, he agrees to wear a wire. Interesting to see wire technology back then. Yeah, don't know how accurate that was. <laughs> Must have been sort of real, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll buy it's it. Pretty cool scene. I'll buy it. it was a great scene. Yeah. So it's, it's such a cool scene because the wire can only carry a certain like distance. So mm-hmm. Heston has to like kind of track. Wells and his cop buddy, as well as as the cops, kind of getting him to confess, so he can like kind of follow him and record it. I right, guess. right, right, right. He's like going under this bridge, and then they hit an echo, and Wells realizes what's going on. He's like yelling at him, like yeah. "Come on out!" And he, yeah, I mean, it was a really well done that final scene. And again, it's the director. Uh huh. I mean, because the shadows. I mean, that's one thing about this movie. It's got all these shadows and and, and just amazing direction. Fantastic opening scene. Fantastic ending scene mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's a little bit weird, so he, he shoots his partner, he ends up getting shot. His girl, his love interest, quote-unquote... Marlena Dietrich! What's my fortune? You've been reading the cards, haven't you? I've been doing the accounts. Come on, read my future for me. You haven't got any. Hmm? What do you mean? Your future is all used up. Why don't you go home? <laughs> I don't know. Ain't nothing to me. <laughs> she was one of the biggest stars in Hollywood in the thirties. To me, she looks like the hottest girl, Denny's third shift. You know, I don't know. <laughs> So she shows up and she's like, eh, you know, like, yeah, yeah. she couldn't get me. She's like, you know, eh, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah, that's just probably because look where she lives. Oh, and they said, oh, well, he was right anyway. Like, yeah. oh, actually, he was right. And they yeah. kind of like yada yada that. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, yeah. okay. good guy, right. bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the plot. Um, Matt, who do you think stole it? Wells. It has to be, right? Yeah, he was fantastic. Can I tell you who didn't steal it? Heston. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'm just thankful. Okay. Okay, t- today we'd have to have a, <laughs> there's somebody else in this role. Right. I mean, yeah, right. I, yeah. I don't care about, like, the wokeness or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it is silly mm-hmm. that he's playing a yes. Mexican person. Right. I mean, he's he's... What, what, okay, what, okay, whatever. I'm just thankful. I'm the whole I'm thankful they didn't have an accent. I guess it's maybe he couldn't do one. Yeah, see, my I think of Charlton Heston as just a dumb old man. Yeah, you know, like I, I don't know him as like a younger actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is pretty early in his career, I imagine. Yeah, um, but no, no, he did uh, Ben Hur already, so <laughs> not that early. <laughs> okay, well, was he good in that? Because he was awful in this. I he he's not a good actor. Okay, I, I I've never. He's pretty one dimensional. I don't think he's ever been. You know, 
nobody's ever really lauded him as a great actor. No. He's just like, well, Betty, yeah. that's what I intend to find out. Right, right. You know, just like, what the fuck? I don't know. He, no range. Like you said, one note, no range. Uh, and again, I have my own personal bias of just thinking of him as a dumb old man. So yeah. here yeah, we he are. He turned into a clown. <laughs> He's a clown. Mm. So yeah, so he definitely did not steal it. No. Um, okay, so we, we said there wasn't enough strip club in this. At least I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I would say that. Uh, Zsa Zsa Gabor is yes, in this? She was. That was she. Like briefly, right? Does she she have had one line? line, I think. Two lines or okay. something. Yeah, she was the owner of the strip club or something. Okay, so we have this like Swedish woman, owner of a Mexican strip club. All right, here we she go. She's probably dating uh, Wells at the time. Uh, okay, so was, was did Wells pull some high quality uh, women? I think so. I think he was okay. Rita Hayworth. I think he was with who was. But but this version of Wells? No. Because <laughs> I mean, I know he was with Rita Hayworth, but that was like you know, 150 pounds ago, probably. Yeah. Yeah, he's, I don't know. No, women loved him. He was, you know, he was very charming. I guess so. <laughs> uh, Matt, any uh, scenes or shots you want to call back? No, nah, I think we've gone through. I mean, this is full of great shooting with, you know, the whole black and white thing. Um, the the first scene. And this movie, like you say, this, this movie, I think this movie's worth watching just for the first and last scene. Mm-hmm. There's a couple in, the, in between there. I'm always bothered when people are like driving mm-hmm. and like the they have the thing like I'm like how fucking fast are you going? That was incredible, <laughs> like, right? Going 75 no, miles an hour. The cameraman's like laying on the, <laughs> you know, and then and there's one shot where the cars take takes like they're shooting from above, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the car just takes off. Yeah, that was kind of cool too because uh-huh. I'm sure they're in a truck and a dolly. Right, right behind him or something mm-hmm. like that. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. If I, if I was going to cut anything, it would probably be like the whole hotel thing. I think that could have been a lot quicker because, like, first of all, we have, again, we have, like, four or five Mexican toughs who yeah. look like, you know, nice Jewish kids or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and one first, uh, I don't know, lesbian tough. Yeah. So they, there were, like, two girls who were, like, in on it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I believe uh, Paul Simon and You Can Call Me Al would call them roly-poly bat-faced girls is what, what, I, what came to mind when I saw them. Like, they had, like, odd looks to them. Right, they did. They, did. they were re- related to Grandi. <laughs> yeah, they're all Grandi. Like a weird-looking family. Yeah, we, yeah, odd-looking family. But, yeah, that, that scene could have been a little bit shorter. It's just a lot of, like, oh, turn down the music. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't even talk about the Nightman. Dennis Weaver. Somebody's been monkeying in with them puses. They think I'm gonna fix them. They, they, they got another thing coming. It ain't my job to fix them, even if I know how. I'm, Could you I'm the night show man. me, please, to my wife's cabin? There was that party. Party? A party? It's a mess. Awful mess. Where? They think I'm gonna clean it up. They got another thing coming. Terrible. Terrible, bro. That was that is one I would cut. What a, weird, what a weirdo he was. It, what, what was he doing? Like, was that how you knew his name? Is that how this dude always is? Is no, that just like his? No, he was. He had a huge show on TV called McLeod. Okay. Uh, he was on Gunsmoke. Uh, 
Chester. Was he always shaking like? Hey, he used to limp. Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He kind of an over actor, I think. I would say so. <laughs> and, and yeah, that, you're right. If if Wells maybe had to do this over again, he wouldn't have her taken all the way out there. She could have just remained in the town. They could have done it there. It mm-hmm. Would have been a lot easier. Could've, he could have yeah. gone in a strip club a couple of times. Yeah, let's get back to the strip clubs. Let's get some priorities. But yeah, man. that it's just kind of it, it's like the whole thing of taking a woman and putting her. You know, and and her fucking husband's an idiot, because mm-hmm. everybody kept trying to tell. Do you know who owns that hotel? And he would never listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not right now. <laughs> yeah, I've right got now. a day to save. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's he was annoying. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention as far as like the the movie itself? Because I do have some recast possibilities. Okay, that'd be interesting. I right, I just do I just uh, Vargas and uh, Quinlan. So Vargas, I was like, who's the whitest dude in Hollywood right now? Jason Sudeikis? Probably. Jesse Plemons. Oh, yeah. So let's get Jesse Plemons playing uh, Miguel Vargas. I think that'll work. I think he's probably doing He's a fantastic actor. He's way better than Trump Heston. <laughs> yeah. And so for, for the Quinlan, we don't have a good fat guy in Hollywood these days, do we? I mean, John, John uh, Goodman's way too old. Right. Yeah, he. John Goodman, fifteen years ago, would be. And he's perfect. lost a lot of weight too, so he's not. The, I mean, he can, right now he's yeah, droopy. Yeah, he's droopy. We don't want that. Um, so, I was thinking, okay, these these are my. If you have another idea, throw it out there. I was trying to think like good Hollywood, because you don't just want fat. You want like fat and like imposing. You know? Right. Like they got to be like stocky. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, okay, the cop from Breaking Bad, like Walter's oh, yeah. wife's his bro- his... uh, what brother-in-law. Brother-in-law, yeah. He was he's good. I yep. don't know his name. I'm sorry, know yeah, sorry, dude. Or then maybe we get a little Michael Chiklis in here. <laughs> I don't know how tall he is though. Is he tall enough? Nah, I don't. How about Russell Crowe? <laughs> I forgot. Like, he's fattened up. Oh man, you're he's right. a big dude. Oh, that's perfect. I forgot that Russell Crowe mm-hmm. is. Uh, so that's another thing I was asking. Like, so I, I think Russell Crowe is on that Brando, Orson Welles trajectory, right? The last couple times I've seen him, he, did, he seemed to be. So did Orson Welles get fat so he could play different kinds of roles? No. You think he just committed he just, to the bit? No, he, he just likes drinking and... He just likes eating. Not a big he fan a, of jogging. He loved gourmet food and drinking wine. And not a jogger. No, I don't think he probably did much <laughs> of anything. He probably slept all day. Yeah. You know. He's a genius. Yeah. All right, so we got Jesse Plemons and Russell Crowe. I'd watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, you have any uh, lingering questions no. for a touch of evil? Okay, so we. How good do you think? Well, I guess we'll get to the scores, but I don't know. Like, I was expecting classic level noir mm-hmm. just because who was involved, but it felt like for me, it felt like uh, it's not. It's definitely not a classic, mm-hmm. and a lot of the stuff in the middle was just sort of like. Eh, mm-hmm. eh, eh. Like, they had some, like, really cool... It was, like, an album with, like, mm-hmm. three or four really good songs. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt. But, like, the rest, you're kind of, like, skipping through. I don't know. I, I, I think it's... I think it was... And I, I think the movie's great. Uh, I think it was the last great re, uh, noir from the original noir years. Because then everybody... Everything started getting in, in color... So it all had to change. Then it became neo-noir. Mm. So I think this was probably the last... 1958 had kind of run its course. Mm. 
you know, there was different kinds of movies being made and everything started being in color. So I think that's, I think it's a great movie. It's, yeah, yeah it has its flaws. It definitely has its flaws, but. All right, Matt, let's put your money where your mouth is. What right. do you think for the IMDb score? I'm going to go all the way to eight. Man, you nailed it. Did I? It's exactly 8.0. 102,000 reviews. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the uh, tomato meter will be that high. Uh, the, the fan. Uh, I'm not sure. No, but uh, but yeah, you, yeah you, you nailed it. The people have spoken. Mm-hmm. This movie is considered a classic. Where does it come at rank? Does you have that? Um, it's not in there. I'm not oh. sure why. I think eight is too low oh, to be in like the okay. top 250. Okay. He's got to be like 8.2 or All 3 right. or something. All right. Uh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, this is, I would say this is, according to IMDb, certified classic. All right. Tomato meter. Tomato meter. Let's see what these MFers are saying. I'm going to go 96. For the critics? Yep. 95. Okay. So. And I probably 89 for the. 92? Oh, really? Get that up there. I think people who people are going to see this are probably fans of, or they know a little bit about Orson Welles or something. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably true. They're probably seeking it out. But again, I don't think it, anybody saw it much when it first came out. Then they put it on TV and it was probably butchered, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think the version we saw, sure, it was two hours in something. It was around, right around two hours, yeah. That's the one to see. Yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I would say so. Even even though I do have some gripes about some things that went on too long, but I mean they don't go on forever and stuff. Right, like that. right. All right. Here's the critics' consensus, Matt, and I will nitpick some of this after I read it. Artistically innovative and emotionally gripping, Orson Welles's classic noir is a visual treat as well as a dark, sinister thriller. So I don't really find it emotionally gripping. So I was reading some stuff where you're supposed to like take away that. Like Quinlan is like this really conflicted person who wants to do good, but has this bad, has this, this quote unquote touch of evil. But he didn't seem redeeming at all, redeemable at all in my eyes. Did I miss something? Like, am I not picking up on some nuance here? I think I think the only time you're really supposed to think about that when he talks about his wife. But did he kill her? That's what no. I got. I well, he said he says he was strangled. Yeah, and then he strangles somebody. So I was like, oh, this guy must have strangled his wife. No, That's what I, I took think, away from I it. He said something about the, you know, that. Yeah, they found the guy. They found like, the guy somewhere. In like right? World War, you know, like in a trench or whatever. But he's a liar. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah, I, the, the movie establishes him as a liar. So. Yeah, you never, I, I, you never, you never, I, you're right. I, I don't ever feel sorry for him. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, he talks about, you know, 30 years in the forest, what do I got a turkey farm? You know, those kind of things. You're, you're right. I'm glad you brought that up. That is the most, uh, that is the time in the film you're like, Oh yeah, this guy does make a pittance, and mm-hmm. he's doing a public service, right? Even though he's, he's railroading kind of, people, yeah, <laughs> railroading Mexicans, and, right? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, you never really. I don't feel any emotion. I don't. I didn't think it was that gripping. Mm-hmm. I just was interested in watching it. The, just the visuals, and you know, I, I. Yeah, there's things I would change, and Charles Hess would be the first one. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, why is he in this movie? I, mean, I don't that, know. That could not have been a, a Wells choice, right? No. Maybe it was, maybe it was um, thrust upon him. All right, Matt, any other comments before we move on? No, I think uh, I'm glad we watched it. 
Yeah, I'm glad I watched it. I, the, I, again, I don't know if it's an eight, but mm -hmm. anyway, I, I can't argue with the people. All right, let's take a break. Okay. I think uh, you'll be Ebert and I'll be Siskel on this one. Okay. <laughs> it seems like you hinted at we might have some disagreement here. Oh, I didn't dislike it. Mm. I just don't think it's great. Okay. Yeah, yeah I just got some problems with it. But hey, luckily, we have a mm -hmm. uh, an arena here to discuss it. <laughs> so our second noir uh, <laughs> film of the week was 2018, Bad Times at the El Royale. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually a good time. I mean, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah T fair. Total, yeah. total popcorn movie, right? Mm -hmm. You know, take your brain out, put it on the shelf, watch this movie. Um, fantastic cast, I would say. Yep. I don't know how you felt about that. And so, also written and directed by a dude who we see another movie by him. He's made two movies. We've seen both of them. Mm -hmm. The Cabin in the Woods, and his name is Drew Goddard, and this is his second full full length feature. He's a, mostly a producer, right? Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that they were by the same guy. But then when I found that out, I was like, oh, uh, it's the same thing, right? Right. It's like this idea that there's like this management kind of pulling the strings and people are just sort of, they think they're making decisions on their own, but really, you know, like it's just sort of. In the um, middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Isolated. Uh, taking a genre and then like subverting it mm -hmm. subverting expectations and kind of twisting it around. Yep. And uh, yeah, so. And then Chris Hemsworth shows up uh, yeah. in both. Wasn't he in that? Oh, yeah, he was in the other one. You're right. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Matt, I guess I will start with were you in? When were you no, in? No, I liked it. I, 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 I just thought that, um, I don't know, it, it just dragged a little bit for me. Um, but, when were you in? Let's start there. Okay, where I was in? Oh, when um, Jeff Bridges is outside the hotel, okay, he's, one, he's my guy. I like him. Yeah, you know, he's. But uh, we have just Jeff Bridges uh, at that moment being a yeah. very confused priest, padre. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a young woman drives up, Cynthia Arivo, who I've never, I have no idea who she is, but she was fantastic. You know, so they go in the, this place together. It's like this almost rundown, but place that used to be. Yeah. The palace. Okay, is it rundown? Cause it looked like, like immaculate. You know what I mean? Like 
This, it looks at Maggie and goes, nobody stays there anymore. <laughs> right, okay. They lost their liquor license. Fair point. <laughs> but no, but and it, but it, it, in a way, it does look run down because there's nobody there. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And then when you walk in, there's John Hamm, who's behind the bar, and he's waiting for the whoever's running the place mm-hmm. and stuff. So I, it's a, I, I thought it was interesting, the mix of them three together. Mm-hmm. So I was right in, you know, with that. So. Yeah, same with me. I, I was in John Hamm. I'm like, that's my dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah, and he's yeah. doing kind of, kind of the Don Draper thing, yeah. a little bit, but like kind of an updated version, like updated and downgraded, <laughs> like a little bit more modern, but not as classy and, and not as suave. Yeah, but definitely didn't know how to talk to the lady. Sure, but <laughs> I thought everything he said was interesting, mm-hmm. and I wanted him to keep talking. Oh yeah, he lit up the screen. He was fantastic. Yeah, he was great at it. Yeah, unfortunately, and then he changes. Yeah, very quickly. His 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 character changes very quickly mm-hmm. at some point. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, then we start finding out nobody is who they think they, they say they are. So. Dun, 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 dun dun dun. Yeah, so it's it's a hard movie to describe because there's a lot of intersecting stories and it's chopped up in a way that you see part of one and then you see another part kind of overlap with it. A little we bit. We get like, everybody's backstory. Mm-hmm. I think there's what five everybody's everybody, yeah. We got all everybody's backstory, so that goes back and forth. It's a little kind of uh, yeah, not sequenced. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But you know, but it's a lot of it just has to do with well the backstory and what's going on and pe- the way everybody else is seeing what's mm-hmm. going on. So, how did you feel about that like storytelling mode? Oh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I mean, you can see, you know, you see, or you, it's like when she shoots, I'm getting ahead of it myself, okay. but shoots, you know, John Hamm. Yes. I mean, if yeah. anyone's listening to this and they haven't watched it, yeah. like, go watch it. Yeah, yeah, listen yeah. to this. Like, yeah. I mean, when when uh, Dakota Johnson shoots John Hamm, mm-hmm. and then this full length mirror is just imploded, and that she's going, what the? Fuck, you know, mm-hmm. and because she sees the guy laying there mm-hmm. behind this mirror in a like a hallway or something, mm-hmm. you know, a little. So, um, and then at some point we see Jeff Bridges, who's off to the side when that happens, mm-hmm. you know, scurrying away at, right at that same moment. So right. we get to see the moment like three or four different kind mm-hmm. times. Oh, and then uh, Cynthia Erivo, yeah, Erivo sees it too. So we get to, from all points of view mm-hmm. so that was kind of cool yeah i do i i'm a huge fan of like these like shifting perspectives of like mm-hmm. you know taking a story and chopping it up i think it's like for me when i first i was like oh movies are awesome there's tarantino and this yeah, is yeah. like a tarantino i don't want to say a ripoff but definitely uh, an, uh it's an homage i mean this it's without the humor yeah 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 you're right there is no humor in it at all there's not a lot of humor in this i think john ham is in his opening little speech about his accoutrement like he's <laughs> He's not humorous, but he's charming in a way that's, he's, like you say, he, he lights up the screen. Now the main lodge is all that's open. The pool is filled with ducks. <laughs> and they'll even rent you a room by the hour if you ask real quiet like you go find Thank you. Uh-huh. Although if we're being honest, that's probably the only reason that a priest, a vacuum salesman, and a Negro can afford freight here. Am I right? <laughs> I'm just funny. The truth be told, my stay is on Calhoun Appliances, which is why room choice is so important to me and why I ask you to respect my accoutrement as a proxy to my person. I intend to lavish myself. I always want to stay in the honeymoon suite. 
although I'm not currently on my honeymoon. Yeah, I mean, that scene, his character in the, at that point could have been in a Tarantino movie. Right. Agreed. Well, all these could have. They just would have been in the yeah. darker side of yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah, so, like you said, we, we get these this group of people. They're all together. I mean, so the reason I like this movie a lot is that there's, like, such an attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, all these little things. Like, they wrote, write their name on the ledger, and they're grabbing the keys, and the keychains are, mm-hmm. are you staying in Nevada or California, and the keys right, right. have the state on it. Like, that little stuff to me is, like, really important. It just... It's like, oh, there's a lot of, like, intentionality to this, you know? You say that, and that was my one of my biggest points. And I, I, I recognize yeah. that. Oh, there's everything. Yeah. But there was, when they were filming inside the um, the entrance area where the front desk mm-hmm. was and everything, there's certain, and this, is, this place is supposed to be out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. I could see traffic driving by through a window. That was driving me crazy. Okay, see, see, stuff like that. <laughs> but it has everything else is detailed right. except that. Yeah, stuff like that. I don't even notice, <laughs> you know, because I feel like that is just something that's like I, I don't know. It's just it's hey, we got a film and it's middle of the day and hey, right, here right, we are and right. you know Burbank or where the hell they are. But I'm more focused on like the things that like the set designer was like. I know, oh, I, got I an know, idea. but I, I saw Bull. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I said because mm-hmm. because I, I noticed that that whole keychain thing, the ledger, everything mm-hmm. was it. They made a point of showing us each mm-hmm. one of those things mm-hmm. and how important they were. Yeah. Yeah. And, but even like other stuff that was not a focal point, like mm-hmm. the clothing, mm-hmm. you know, like when Dakota butt plug Johnson walks up mm-hmm. and she's got like, I mean, she's wearing like this long, like leather thing with like the tassels. I'm right. like, oh my God, that's perfect. It's like late sixties, early seventies kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it's just like all that stuff is yeah. great. Um, the music is used really well mm-hmm. in this, like yep. throughout, um, and I, I was worried that you wouldn't like this because I thought you might think that it's too slick. Because the movie's very stylish. Yeah. And like the way that it's cut and like the entrance points and exit points of these different stories are very like uh noticeable, mm-hmm. I guess is the right word. Well, I, I think I think I would have liked it a lot less, except for the fact that it had wonderful acting mm-hmm. and and an interesting story. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I couldn't get. I did think it was a little slick. I thought it was a little rip off from '90s, you know, or early 2000s stuff, mm-hmm. you know, where you have different memories and all that stuff. But, but if there's good acting and there's a good story, I don't, you know, let it be slick a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I think a lesser, if they didn't have those, I, I probably wouldn't have liked it. True. Okay, I, I get that. Because there's a lot of great moments in this, mm-hmm. um, mostly around Jeff Bridges. Yes. Right? Yeah. There's, that, there's that moment where he, he invites Cynthia Revo out for, like, a, a a meal or whatever. And, like, they're, they're – I mean, that whole that whole interaction where they're, like mm-hmm. – he's, like, you pick the entertainment, I'll get the food. And they're deciding, like, okay, I guess we're going to settle on pie. We're not trying those sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, and, no, there's no way. And then, like, then it gets, like, pretty serious when he's, like, I have dementia, you know, like that – Yep. You know, and it felt like a real moment. And then a couple Boom. seconds later, she's hitting him with a bottle because she knows he's trying to. Because we first see him attempting to drug her. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is not so going to go good. She sees him too. Uh huh. Right, right. But, okay, so all that's great. But then also, I was not, when the first time I watched it, I was not expecting her to hit him with a mm-hmm. bottle. 
I thought he was going to do something shady, you know? But again, like, I liked a lot of these, like, expectations were subverted in a way. Like, John Hamm getting killed. Yeah. You don't, out like, of nowhere. Like, once that happens, it's like, okay. Okay. Game yeah. on. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Any, anything can happen in this movie, Any right? of these people can die. Right. Because John Hamm was, you know, at that point, he was the third most, well, mm-hmm. you know, he was one of the top three in the movie. And all of a sudden, he's dead. Right. You know? So what a great, I, I love, like, tone setters like that, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh. That's like where you like kind of perk up a little bit, like oh damn, didn't expect that to happen. I I, I thought that uh, it was another big plus for me uh, was the scenes with Jeff Bridges and Cynthia Erivo. I, I thought they were really well done. Because there's another one mm-hmm. where they're in the car together, like she's trying to like get out, but like and again, another thing I like about the storytelling is like these little moments affect later moments. Mm-hmm. Where John Hamm's like pulling out everyone's whatever that is, some kind of whatever something in, in the engine, <laughs> the the, you guys, the car parts, yeah. we'll call it. Like <laughs> we're not mechanics, I don't even know if it's a real thing. But he's pulling out the car parts, and she's she's trying to leave, and she can't. Then he comes into her car, and mm-hmm. she's got the gun on him, and he's like, "I'm not, a, I'm not really free." She's like, "Yeah, no shit." <laughs> and then we get like his whole story, right? Like, right. Yeah, his backstory, and then. And his backstory, sorry, I keep going. And then another thing yeah, I yeah. like, so his backstory, the masks they're wearing. Oh, that, wasn't that incredible? Perfect, yeah. right? And that was like early 60s. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I, don't, I, I love them to get to those two together. And then, you know, and they really played well off of each other. I mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a fantastic chemistry. Yeah. You know, it, I know you're going to ask me who stole. I think both of them stole this movie, the two of them together. Yeah, I would I mean, I that. wish I had more ham. Yeah. Ham did he like uh what can we say? Like like for what he had, he he killed like, He killed it. Like he's like a I don't know like what the baseball equivalent was if someone gets in just for one at bat in like a playoff series and hits a home run. Right, right. You know? right. That's, yeah, that's, what a, that's what he did. Yeah. Yeah. So. so yeah, so we're getting all over the place, but just a quick like so all these people are not who they seem to be. Uh, there's this corridor where the people are like the management is filming these rooms. They used to film politicians back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's how they made their money. Apparently, uh, John Hamm works for FBI. FBI. He's there to remove the FBI's recording devices, right? And he finds somebody else's recording devices. And each 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 time he finds one of the FBI's, he finds somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he's like, that awesome scene where he's like pulling them all out and he's laying them on the table. I love that. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so, and then Dakota Fanning, not Dakota Fanning, Dakota Buttplug Johnson, she shows up with her sister tied up, trying to get her out of a cult, trying to deprogram her from being in this cult. Mm-hmm. And then we got the hotel guy, Miles, who's just like, try, he, keeps, he keeps trying to convince to the, confess to the father. Like, <laughs> you have no idea the things I've done. And we're right. like, what have you done? Like, You're just a... You're a nerd. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, then anyway, you know, like we said, it all comes together. Like Ham is killed. Um, the hostage girl gets out. She calls her her cult, cult leader, <laughs> her cult Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then it all kind of comes to a head, right? Yeah. It, it comes to a head with. Well, we didn't even get to where Jeff, what Jeff Bridges was doing there. We learned in the you know in the very beginning of the movie that somebody checked in there. And then under the floorboards buried a sack full of money. or stuff. We, we don't even know what's in it. It's just a, you know, a bag. Assume it's money, right? Yeah, yeah. So Jeff Bridges is there a year later to find it. 
you know, we le- learned through the backstory it was his brother or something, and uh, he was murdered. Mm-hmm. Bank bank heist gone wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. And again, again, I keep saying like, oh, I like this thing too, but like the in the flashback to the bank heist, like the car crash and. Mm-hmm. You don't see any of that stuff, no. right? You just you, we the aftermath, of, right? We arrive in the middle of everything, but just the way it's set up and the way they talk, you understand exactly what happened. There's mm-hmm. no questions, like you get it. Yeah, it was a fuck up, and now I'm gonna, I'll lead the cops away, and you you guys get away. So right, yeah. So then, uh, Bridges and Arivo are about to escape, but they get caught up yep. with the cult. The cult, the cult shows up. The cult shows up with their guns and, you know, their Manson-like army. Man, that cult, that cult <laughs> is like dominoes, man. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah. like on it. They were yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. They must have been lurking nearby. Yeah. Because they showed up pretty fast. So cult shows up. We get to meet Chris Hemsworth as a cult leader. Mm-hmm. What did you think about his performance? Long, I, yeah. long, long pause. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Okay. I think I liked some of it and some uh-huh. of it I didn't like. I don't know. What about you? Well, I like that he was... So we we got this flashbacks where he's like this big, boisterous, larger-than-life character mm-hmm. in front of his cult. And he's like, oh, you know, he, again, he's got this theme of like, they want you to fight while they're, you know, mm-hmm. stealing money out of your purse. You know, like, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, which is like a big theme of this movie. And he's like this larger-than-life character... He's great at that. But then when he's, like, in the moment, he also kind of plays, like, kind of a doofus in a way. You mm-hmm. know? I kind of like both. Yeah. He, he seemed, like, showy in a way, like, as a person who is trying to be showy, but knows that, like, really they don't know what the fuck's going on. Insecure. Right. And Arivo yeah. calls him on it. Yeah, that was a great scene. And it, I think my I think my reaction to why you, when you asked me about what, I, I didn't like... When she said that to him, I thought his reaction could have been a little better. I don't know. I, I just didn't feel like there was something missing. Maybe a better... I, I think he's an okay actor. I don't know if he's mm-hmm. great or anything, but maybe a better actor would have taken that moment to do something a little different than he did. And I, well, He was fine, but he's Matt, a great-looking guy. Matt takes one moment, yeah. and like you didn't nail that moment, so you're downgrading. You're one of the highlights of the movie. You're a tough teacher. You're yeah. like... Eh, B plus, because yeah. this one thing you didn't do. You, you forgot didn't do your that, comma. Right? You, you forgot your comma. That. Yeah, that's funny. No, I, I, you know, I just that that I just it just caught my eye. No, so, that's yeah. totally reasonable. So yeah, so this you said this movie was a little bit too long, and I agree with you, it was a little bit too long. But it's like it it like uh, like changes, like right, it like it like goes through like transformations, like a. Like in like a song that has like movements to it, yeah, right? Yeah, so like, yeah. and the last movement is like suddenly the cult here, and there's like this roulette game of life and death. Mm-hmm. And again, Dakota Johnson gets shot right away. Yep. Nope. Didn't see that coming. Even the second time watching it, I was like, oh, I think they just hit her in the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Nope. She's dead. <laughs> dead. Like or she dying. Never, yeah. Right. And her sister really so out of it. She doesn't really. Hmm. Oh. And even the second time watching, I was like, I don't remember how this ends. I was like, for some reason, I was imagining that a wolf came out and attacked <laughs> Chris Hemsworth, but I was like, nah, I don't know why I'm thinking that. So, yeah, they, you know, again, a lot of these really tense moments between Bridges and the, the Miles, the, the yeah. hotel guy, yeah. and Arivo and uh, our cult leader. A lot of really good interactions. 
Finally, they get loose. You know, you know. I mean, you kind of know it's going to happen, right? Yeah, There's yeah, going to yeah. be a tussle. Yeah, yeah. And we, and so you know, they they prevail because we find Miles' backstory, which is he is a expert sniper. Yeah, <laughs> a marksman. He's a very good shot. And what he's trying to confess was all the people he killed in Vietnam. Right, because even before that, he confesses to all the shit he's seen at the hotel. Right, right. And he's like, "That's not the problem." Yeah. The worst thing is. I killed a lot of people, and he's going, "Who did you kill?" You know, like they all go, "Ah, yeah, you're fine." Yeah, yeah. But he was a he was a sniper. 123 kills in Vietnam. Right, that's a lot. Apparently, in one day. <laughs> Again, that scene just drove me crazy a little bit. Nothing like that ever happened in Vietnam, where where there's hundreds of American bodies laying in a, in a you know. Mm. Uh, but that's sure. Yeah. But, but it's it's I know. Uh, it's cartoonish, right? Yeah. Like it's it's meant to be. I think I think it's, that's uh, again intentional. Uh, so yeah, he has his move where he has the rifle on the ground and he kicks it up and catches it. Yeah, that's like one of those things where like if someone does that, it's like hands up. <laughs> <laughs> You've done that before, <laughs> right? <laughs> Do not shoot me, man. Don't kill me, bro. Well, at first he won't kill. He, he says, "No, I can't do it." Mm-hmm. She's. She's asking, help, help us. But then she says, okay. Okay, whatever. Don't, don't do it. Well, I'm just here, you know. I mean, she was just, she was the most innocent, really the only innocent person in the whole movie, right? So can we look at this in like biblical terms, right? Mm-hmm. So as you know, I've been reading the Bible mm-hmm. every week with my lovely wife. Mm-hmm. So can we think of this as the father, mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges? Yeah. The son, Miles, Miles, who actually dies for them to live. Mm-hmm. And would that mean Arivo is the Holy Spirit? Yeah, she's the only decent. She's the, she's the song. She's, you know? she's the soul of the movie. She's the music that yeah, fills yeah. the air, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a way to think about it. Yeah. And, yeah, so they, and then they finally, you know, happy days here again. He mm-hmm. gets to go see her in uh, Reno, and that's that. Yep. Is it? I guess, yeah. Whew. So, Matt, any... Let's see where I'm trying to pull up the uh, our little thing here. Um, so we already said who stole it. I think we both agree, right? right? Um, any scenes that we didn't mention that you want to call back to? No, I think... Um, no, I think we talked about the, the hotel shooting room. That was, that was pretty cool, mm-hmm. how that all happened. But no, I, 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 no, I, I think it's fine. I mean, we, a lot of it took place in the in the lobby. That's where everybody would gather. So it's just, I think it was good. Do you like it more or less after we talked about I it? I think I like it more now. Okay. Yes. Yes. No, I think I do. I feel like I. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just don't feel like. I mean, it's like okay, you know. Mm-hmm. No, hey. I think I like Touch of Evil more after talking to you about it yeah, too, yeah. honestly, because mm-hmm. I had a little trouble getting into it. Yeah. No, I, I, I actually think I like it a little more. So. All right. So you want to guess uh, the scores here? So IMDb, hundred forty thousand people checking. Wow, in. that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. That, that is a lot. I'm gonna go seven three. You went high, Ooh. seven one. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think seven three. I might even go seven five on yeah. this. Well, I, I think the way you talked about it, it should yeah. be higher than Scarecrow. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, well, I, I think it's one of the best movies of that year. I mean, it's, I don't know that it's going to, like, change your life or anything, mm. but 
I mean, God, you got two it's hours fun. and you want something fun. Put yeah. this on. And it's, it's worth it just for the cast. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Everyone's good. I mean, even even Dakota Johnson was good. Oh, I didn't even mention my Oh, It's That Guy. No, mm. oh, I didn't know. Yeah, my Oh, It's That Guy is, uh, she played Rose, Kaylee Spaney. Don't have any idea. Did you watch um, The Mayor of Easttown? No. Oh, you should watch that, by the way. She, pay, she played Mayor's daughter, Erin McMiniman, and she was like a really likable character mm-hmm. in that series, and... I was very surprised. I'm like, oh, that's the girl. <laughs> just, I mean, just a couple years that's later. The cult <laughs> person. Yeah, very different characters. Mm. Uh, yeah, you should check out Mary Beast Town, man. Uh, but so, yeah, so that was my other side guy. So, sorry. Yeah, I'd never seen Miles in anything either. I don't know what. He hasn't done a lot. Um, I, I kept thinking of, um, he reminded me of Tom, the other actor, young actor. Um, Tom. Tom something. I don't know. From, from what? I'm trying to think of what I've seen him in. You're uh, not thinking of Lucas Hedges, are you? No, no, no. Okay, I okay. Don't, no. Ah, forget it. Go on. All right. All right, so yeah, what do you think about Rotten Tomatoes? I'm going to go, but you're shaking your head, I'd say 80? No, lower. Tomato meter. Okay, seven, I'm sorry, 256 reviews on the tomato meter. That's a lot. That's might be the most we've ever had. Yeah, That's yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventy-four <laughs> percent. Really? Yeah, that's that's a bummer. That's a uh, that's, that's a C. That's, that's a terrible. middle C. That's oh man. In the audience, not actually worse. Seventy-three percent from the audience. Oh, Tom Holland, who I was thinking of. Oh no, Tom Holland is like. Okay, I I understand like the vibe you're getting from both of them, but like. Okay. Okay. You're, you're okay. Tom Holland plays that character yeah. in like Spider Man and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. Even a little bit in Cherry. Yeah. I was also thinking about Cherry when I watched this because they're both very slick, mm-hmm. but it didn't detract from my enjoyment. Cherry was like. Yeah, it didn't have the added to it. I thought. Yeah. It was slick, but didn't have the acting and storyline <laughs> like this. I okay. I well, uh, I think we both like Cherry more than you're remembering. Yeah, I think so. All right, here's the critics' consensus. Matt, you ready? Mm-hmm. Smart, stylish, and packed with solid performances. Bad Times with El Royale delivers pure popcorn fun with the salty tang of social subtext. You get a lot of that social subtext. <laughs> <laughs> what What did the audience score it as? 73. Oh, uh, that's not good. No, he got crapped on. But it is a popcorn movie. I would agree. Yeah, I can't show it to Gloria, but... Uh, here we go. This is the Chicago Reader. Perhaps the most insufferable Tarantino knockoff since the <laughs> 90s. Wow. I'm starting to like it a little less now. Oh, no. You're already, you're already siding with the critics? No, I don't know. All right, let me see if I can pull a, a positive one here. Um, here we go. New York Times. At some point during this L-O-G-Y, I don't even know what word that is. Logi? Yeah, I guess so. At some point during this Logi... Wow, way to go. At some point during this Logi two-hour and 21-minute exercise, you want something more substantial than even Hemsworth admittedly mesmerizing snaky hips. <laughs> not good. Uh, yeah, not seeing a lot of positive here so the you, critics. You pretty much liked it more than anybody. Apparently. Apparently, I'm riding for this movie all alone on my little... Uh, a little float. Hey, listen, I enjoyed parade. it, so I and I do. I after talking to you, I like it a little more. So 
I don't know what's not to like about it. Like it's like you said, it's 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 great actors having fun. The the it's not going to change your life, no, but no. it keeps your interest. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, these are not good. <laughs> okay. Okay. So next week, Matt, we're continuing with noir. We're going international, right? Right. We're gonna go with John Woo's Hard Boiled with Chow Young Fat. I've heard of him, <laughs> and I'm gonna give you a Korean flick called A New World. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Get out of here. Peace. He's a Philistine. What's a Philistine? It's a guy who doesn't care about books or interesting films and things. Then I'm a Philistine. No, you're interested in books and things. No, I'm a Philistine. You've been shitting in my yard. I have not. You want me to hold the chicken, huh? I want you to hold it between your knees.